Hello and welcome to another episode of What Comes Next, a show all about the technologies that will shape your future. I'm Rob Kellner. I'm Amy Dickens. And I'm Kwaku Akonmensa. Hello, Amy Dickens. Hello, Kwaku Akonmensa. How are you guys doing today? Hello, Rob Kellner. I'm good, man. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I thought full names for a change. <laughs> a little bit formal for my liking. Do you think Very so? Very uncomfortable now. I like it. I think we've gotten too informal. I think we go back to that. And I'd like I a mister on mine next time as well. <laughs> mister Great Cracker is completely fair. We've had Esquire as well. Esquire, oh, yeah. I yeah. Adds yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the titles, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, how you guys been? Uh, pretty good, yeah. I've um I've been watching BoJack Horseman recently. Which I've I'm, heard about that. I am very, very late good. to the game. It's six seasons in, and I just never watched it because I was like, cartoon about an animal, not interested. But honestly, it is one of the smartest, funniest, like sad, touching, emotional things I have ever watched in my life. And it's got so many interesting subtleties in there. Like everybody I know who's seen it sees something different. Like just little kind of interesting threads of storyline or something in the background of a scene that is like speaks to someone about it's just so cleverly written and I'm a little bit obsessed with it so nice. dear listener please watch where where are you up to it um I'm on season five wow okay I'm wow. embarrassed to say I yeah. only started watching it like two weeks ago <laughs> you can tell I've got an exam coming up um and it's amazing it's just so good fantastic really really cool that's sick. Yeah, I, I've um, heard like really, really good things about it, but I've never actually bothered to watch more than like one or two episodes. I think it's like something you got get into in a little you while. Got to get through the first and part of the second season. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give it another go for sure. Um, yeah, I've been um, just listening to loads and loads and loads of music, particularly. Uh, UK MC called P Money, who's possibly the best MC out and about right now. The guy's absolutely sick, so I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. Um, also, a guy called Novelist, who dropped a new album in January, and a guy called Black Thought, who is just some kind of next-level thinker and overall just uh, bad man MC as well. And the reason why is I'm putting together a new uh, playlist for a half marathon that I've signed up to, and I need like, oh, those cool. tunes yeah. to just, like, carry me all the way Pump through it. it. Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. So, yeah, I'm kind of like getting into the zone like way in advance for that. So, right. that's yeah. Which half marathon yeah. is it? It's the Hackney Half, so I think it's May 17th. Yeah. So, so cool. The creation yeah. of a running playlist is an art form. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to take a certain journey to it. It's got to have a certain like, like adversarial attitude. Like, come on. Yes. Like move, <laughs> yeah. move through it. You sure, know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's definitely some of that going on in there with like a lot of grime music. The last time I did, I did the London Marathon a couple of years ago and it was basically just like all grime music. They just got faster and faster and more and more aggressive. And like it was definitely needed when I was like on mile 18. So yeah, that's really, really cool. Are you do, are you running for, uh, for a charity? I haven't signed up to uh, run for a charity yet, but I will do. Cool. I'll do that beforehand. Maybe I'll like promote it on this. Definitely do. We'll show how you do. That's awesome. Really, yeah, really man. cool. How are you, Rob? What What are you into lately? Um, so I've just started reading Harry Potter. I don't know if yes. you've heard of it. It's basically it's about this wizard. No, yeah. The reason is um, so, my, <laughs> so I I've um, my <laughs> this is weird. So my mum read the first like four books to me and my sister when they first came out, Not so ages weird. and ages ago. And um, so I've never read other than that. I've seen all the movies, but I've never read beyond the fourth you book. And yeah, so well, I've made a pact with my wife. So my wife's a huge Harry Potter fan. Uh, we've made a pact. If I read 
before the end of the year, all seven Harry Potter books, I get to pick, I think, 25 Star Trek episodes that she has to watch. Wow. Before the end of the year, dude, you'll be done by the end of April. I mean, I'm I'm quite a slow reader, though, and like they're quite big books, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think that's a big problem. To be honest, he doesn't get out from under the stairs until, like, book five, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> it's all just like deep introspective drama <laughs> a boy who makes up a magical world in his head to escape his understair prison i am obsessed with the idea that you're reading harry potter i uh i read it every single year i read the entire series every single year no way I I like the all biggest, seven books every single geek. year yeah what house are you in please tell me Oh, I did the test. I was really gutted about this. I really, You're really no, I no, God, no. It's, it's I really wanted to be Ravenclaw, but I'm Gryffindor. Yeah. And I, I just like, yeah, I have this whole theory about um Ravenclaw. Again, I'm not I'm not it's like What it's, are you guys doing? What is this? Um as a Ravenclaw, I sympathize. You're a Ravenclaw. Oh, I'm so jealous. Of course I am. I'm so jealous. Quake, have you never done it? Have you never done the sourcing hat? Have you seen it? You've seen Harry Potter. I have I have seen it, but I haven't <laughs> I haven't done a sorting hat test. No, what was All right, listeners, at the end of this episode, we're going to reveal <laughs> Kwaku's house. I can't, I'm really excited about that. Oh my God, that's really interesting. <laughs> oh, you're going to be a Gryffindor, though. Nah, you're totally. such a hot of gold, you're really a Gryffindor. Yeah. I mean, I, I would put myself in that house, but I don't know. Heart of gold is Hufflepuff. Is it? I thought, I, okay, so the reason... Brave I, of heart is Gryffindor. Come on, Rob, keep up. Well, I thought, okay, so my thing is like, Gryffindor are nice guys, Slytherin is bad guys, Hufflepuff's incompetent and Ravenclaw's cunning. I mean, That's that, like my kind of conception. That is very of simplistic. <laughs> it's very reductive. I'm sorry to all the Hufflepuffs out there. Gryffindor is brave of heart, Ravenclaw is sharp of mind, Hufflepuff is good-natured, and Slytherin is ambitious. I mean, a lot of those sound like I'm synonyms. Calling, <laughs> I'm calling Kwaku a Slytherin. Ooh... I mean, I'll take it. Like I said, we'll find out at the end of this episode. But in the meantime, <laughs> we have a fantastic guest. Uh, this episode, we're talking to Adam Stark, who's the managing director of Mimu Gloves. So Mimu Gloves are basically a pair of gloves you can use to create and manipulate music. Um, their creative director is Imogen Heap. She was really involved uh, with the creation of the gloves. She's you know, obviously a fantastic, innovative artist. We're going to hear how the music uh, sounds coming out of the gloves, and we're also going um, to hear about the development of the technology and where the gloves are going in the future. So uh, here's a full interview with Adam. Adam, thank you very much for coming on What Comes Next. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So um, let's start off. If you could tell us, um, if you could give us an idea what what the Mimu gloves look like, first of all. So, so the gloves are these, they're, they're wireless wearable gestural controllers for music. So they're, they're gloves that basically, um, they're fingerless, they have no palms, but inside the gloves, there are sensors that are measuring the bend of the fingers and the orientation of the wrist. And this is basically capturing your movement as a human. And we're, we're using that to allow people to control music in a more expressive way. So how, how fine control can, we, can they be? How, how closely does, do the gloves measure the gestures? So, so um, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer because we we actually have multiple layers upon upon the sensor data itself. So, for example, we measure the bend of the fingers, but um, we don't. People don't tend to just, for example, control a sound by like moving their pinky or their index finger individually. So, what we have is some machine learning which sits on top of that. And so what that's doing is um, it's recognizing different postures. So it might recognize uh, a fist or an open hand or a one finger point or really any any gesture that you want to teach it at all. So you can teach it a custom gesture. So if you want to have like T finger or whatever it is that you decide. So each artist can teach it a whole range of different postures. And then uh, the algorithm is constantly analyzing 
the glove and then you know as as those postures change uh the the user can use that to 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 control music wow sorry okay if i could jump in there so sure. um this is then a fully customizable um uh instrument do we call it an instrument or yeah it's, yeah, yeah. So. so if i for example uh happen to be a kung fu master i could train your uh gloves to each of the movements of my hands in like doing kung fu yeah and that's kind of the 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 point of it so so you know where we're coming from is that a lot of existing controllers for electronic music they're very restrictive they're very um they lack the any kind of expressive control you've got buttons and sliders and people are often just mm. looking down at them so we want to give people an, an experience where they can express themselves to an audience and they can communicate to people the same way acoustic musicians do um and so by, if we were to restrict the way in which people use the gloves, we would be creating a self-defeating thing. So, so what we have is a, a piece of software, uh, which we call Glover, and that is basically a mapping uh, framework which allows people to, basically through drag dragging and dropping these objects, they drag and drop gestures together. So fist and like the roll of my wrist, for example. Yeah. And then they say, I want to connect that to this bit of music control. You know, maybe I'm going to connect this to like, pitch bend or the amount of reverb or whatever and they can build up the collections of these of these uh mappings and that way that that becomes their own personalized expressive performance wow so, so this, and this isn't so this isn't simply like one gesture is the 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 note a or a certain chord this is there's a much greater variety than that and you can switch up what the gloves do with the gloves themselves at real time so you so you can you're, you could be on stage and you suddenly you're controlling uh, harmonies on your voice. And then with a flick of a wrist, suddenly you were able to play bass and, and like, uh, you know, map, control something else on, on, on the other hand. Or, you know, it's really completely up to you. And that's kind of part of the creative output is that artists are going away and coming up with these worlds of uh, expressive control that, you know, I see it and I, I'm often just like, I have no idea how you do that. Get out of it, really. So, so it, it, that's like the the aim that you're really looking for here is, you know, you're going to give it to an artist and they're going to do something with it that you never would have expected. That's like a yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, Adam, we're going to play a, a clip of of these gloves in action. So, if you could just introduce, uh, yeah, the artist behind it and um, how this composition came to be. Sure. So this this is uh, Shugal, and this was a piece of music that she came up with um, when we wanted to really kind of find the really best way to kind of demonstrate the gloves to people to people visually. such a cool sound and we watched the video as well the, the videos are awesome we'll make sure we put in the show notes but yeah just really really cool i absolutely loved it like i said i i used to do dance and there's something really interesting 
I know that was an audio clip, but watching the video and seeing someone moving and dancing and creating sound with that, it's, I just thought it was great. I really liked it. Yeah, sick. Like the the baseline, that one 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 that you can do with a wave. Yeah. It's like, mate, that'd be so sick in a rave. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Really, really cool. And can you just talk us through some of the gestures that she was using and how they related to the sounds that she was producing? Sure. So, I mean, I, I guess the whole thing's really a good example of how, like, as an artist, you can build up this sort of tapestry of different sounds. So, um, you know, she's initially using like the her fingers to kind of play these individual notes. And then she's basically bringing in drums. So she's playing with like sharp movements with her hands. And then she's playing the bass uh, by kind of manipulating her, her hand in space. And she's able to control not just the notes that she's playing, but also the kind of the timbre and the brightness of those and some kind of the sort of wobble bass sound. And um, she's then kind of bringing in these kind of dreamy ethereal sounds with her hands as well. It's really cool. I and mean, again, she programmed all of that. I have no idea how she did any, any of it, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it's really great. Can you describe, so I'm not musical at all. Um, sure. I briefly tried to teach myself piano, but that's as far as I got. Can you describe <laughs> as a musician yourself, what this is like, what liberty and creative freedom this gives you? So the um, you, what, what happens is, is that you have... Um, you begin you begin with with coming up with these series of gestures and and it's like learning to do some kind of um task with your hand and the at, at the beginning you're thinking about it you know oh i have to take this and twist that and do this and you learn this gesture and it's very deliberate and slow and mechanical and then after a while suddenly it becomes automatic and and once you get to that phase of it this kind of muscle memory phase every all of the music you want is just there and you don't even need to to logically think about how to do it it's just a a space to explore so you just get to just completely disappear into the music you're making so it's kind of like it's like choreography it that reminds me of choreography where Absolutely. like as a dancer you sort of you learn um like you break down a movement into beats of eight or whatever and you learn that uh refrain um but then eventually you get to a point where your body is just moving you're not really thinking about it in steps or beats of eight you're just creating this piece and it seems like you've done that but for the audio yeah, I mean, so the, we actually have had a number of artists who've worked with choreographers to yeah, yeah. To, to do this. And we've have because we, we, we came from the position of we're musicians. We want to make uh, this kind of cool controller thing for making expressive music. But so we're, we're often like, oh, um, I've got this music. How do I perform it expressively? Mm. But we've had dancers who've bought our gloves and they what they do is they go, I've got this movement and I need to decide what it sounds like. Yeah. And they come at it from mm. completely different uh direction to us and that's that's always like just the range of of different um ideas and and, and viewpoints that people have come at this with has been really yeah just mind-boggling to me yeah 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 so i'm just thinking about that so could you have a dancer creating music that they are then dancing to so like the their, their live creating the creating as it like a, like a dancing improv that's creating music yeah. as they move. yeah yeah exactly but the music that syncs to the dancing exactly. the, yeah, um, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean so there, there are a few, a few people who, who are basically closer to dance really um uh -huh. and i this one of our newest users and i i i, I don't know yet because he's only really received his gloves in the last few months but i know that he's doing a lot of stuff on stage and he talks about he's doing pirouettes and all kinds of things like this so yeah. i haven't seen it yet but at some point a video will surface and 
Wicked, yeah. That would be, be great. It's fantastic. And that we should just say, out, we'll make sure to put a link to um, your YouTube channel, I guess. That's the sure. place for some people, for examples. Uh, so we'll put that in the show notes. Um, anywhere else you recommend people go just to check out kind of these gloves in action? Yeah, I mean, I did, we've got our website, which is memegloves.com. But also if you go on Instagram and just look at hashtag memegloves, there's a whole bunch of people posting stuff every day with what they're doing. Some of it's hilarious. Some of it's amazing. Well, this so, speaks to what you're saying earlier, that people have just taken this and run, right? It sounds like, sure. you know, this is now um, you've created something uh, sort of, and it's become this, it's become a, a, a substrate, a raw material that people are just kind of flying with. Is there anything, um, any any artists you particularly like? I know you're working with Imogen Heap as your creative director, which is mm-hmm. which is incredible. Uh, such a great get. Is there, is there any artists that you recommend people checking out that's using it in a particularly interesting way, you think? Or? So they're, they're, we've got, there's such a, a wide range of them. So we've got, um, there's a guy called Ralph Schmidt in, in Germany um who is um he's basically using the gloves with two back-to-back grand pianos and he's recording the pianos and then using the gloves to kind of manipulate the sound of them and so yes i really recommend checking out what he's doing we've got there's another artist she's also part of our team called chagall who's she's performing with the gloves for for music but she's also controlling the visuals that are projected behind her uh on stage so she's got all of this kind of live visual control as well as live uh audio control which is great and um, and and you and you mentioned uh Imogen Heap so Im- Imogen actually was the kind of founder of of the whole um project and it was it came from her musical um it came from her kind of idea ideas as an artist of how she wanted to interact differently and so she pulled a kind of team of people around her to kind of get it started i guess and she's obviously has a long history with sort of musical exploration she's a really innovative musician yes yeah, absolutely. And so, and, I mean, she's very innovative, but she's also got um, incredibly high standards in terms of like mm. what's what's you know. We made this thing as as a kind of high performance as it is because what she requires as an artist to to deliver like um, you know what she expects and of of the music she's making like just can't be a kind of you know hacked <laughs> Run together. Of the mill, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that the the manipulation of the music informs the the gesture or does the gesture come first it depends on the artist so so yes a lot of people start with the music and they decide right um i'm gonna i want to find out how what this sounds like but a lot of other people they start with the movement and personally to me that's really alien because I, I i don't i don't do that at all but a lot of people they, the, the the physical movement and physical expression that's their starting point and they they bring the music to it later and that's sort of as they as as an artist, their natural starting point is the physical movement. Yeah. If that's true of not just their interaction with the gloves, but just generally their artistic expression is movement based first. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you? Sorry, I, I feel like it makes sense. I I know I'm not really a musician, but I'm big fan of music, and I find that whenever I'm listening, I I, I used to do dance, so movement is like quite a natural. Um, uh, it's quite a natural thing to bond with with sound um and i find when i'm listening to music i'm quite often moving my hands like i i'm tapping things or i'm just like tapping on my palm um so i just i'm i think i'm wondering why it was specifically the hand that was chosen rather than i don't know the head or uh, is there a story there yeah i mean so we there was originally like an attempt to build a whole bodysuit right trying to capture you know all all of your kind of you know upper and lower body and, and, and all of the different ways that you could move. Mm. I think there's something incredibly personal about the hands and also communicative. Mm. I mean, you have movement in your elbow, but it doesn't, you know, with the hands that it's part of our, 
um, I'm shaking my hands around now. Like, you know, it's part of our, um, our expressive communication to other people. And so by putting that in sync, in sync with music, you actually get something really unspoken that even I, I don't really know quite how to describe it. It's just a, uh, a piece of expression and communication that, that, that people get without on, on a level that's just not, not, not on a level of language, you know? Yeah. Mm. I just wanted to um, kind of go back to the, the, the start of the like inception of the idea and, and talk a little bit about how it was, um, how the idea came about and, and how the uh, Mimu Glove was uh, first created. Could you tell me a little bit about the creative process? Sure. So about, <clears throat> it was about um, nine or 10 years ago now. So, so um, Imogen Pete was um, basically looking for, for, better ways to kind of access all, all of the different gear she had on stage. She also had all this different gear in different places. And she also was looking for a, a better way to kind of communicate um, what she was doing to, to people. And um, she came across this idea of, um, you know, being able to create music with a glove. And so what, what she did, she got in touch with a guy called Tom Mitchell at the University of West England and um, basically said, you know, let's try and do this. And what they originally did, there was a kind of off the shelf data glove called the 5DT glove. And basically they they got this and just tried to write some software for it. And they came up with something that was, you know, it, it worked pretty well, you know, um, but it had some issues. So it, it, it measured the bend of the fingers and they wrote some of this initial kind of machine learning stuff that I talked about, but it didn't measure like the orientation of your wrist. So you couldn't take these bigger actions like moving your hand up to the top or out to the left-hand side and these big expressive gestures, they just weren't there. Um, it also wasn't very robust. There's loads of other things. so. After a while, like there's a guy called uh, Seb Magic came in and um, he he built this kind of sensor that sat on the wrist, which measured yeah these bigger movements and also helped you know make make things um, wireless and so you could be free from the computer. Um, we also then later had other people come in and, and um, work on a textile. We realised we needed to actually build our own gloves, so we had people come in and, and work on uh, textiles and the actual electronics inside of the glove. Um, personally, I got involved. Um, to come write software. So I'm on my background as a software developer. And by about sort of 2012, Imogen was ready to do her first kind of live streamed um, concert in her garden on the internet. And we spent like two months trying to get this ready, just everybody staying up all night. And uh, eventually it kind of went off um, and uh, it happened. And by the time we'd kind of done it, we got such great feedback from uh, from people on it that that, you know, we realized that there was must be something else here that wasn't just like this one-off arts project for for for, for Imogen. Um, I mean, there's things kind of evolved onwards from there, I guess. So we we worked on a few more designs. We we worked on a few more iterations. We then took, I think it was something about 10, 10 pairs of gloves to Berlin. Yeah. And we spent a week at CTM Festival. This is in 2013. Um, just giving them to these artists and they spent a week with us just doing whatever. And we just saw then this a bit like what I'm talking about with all these different artists and the different ideas. We just saw the whole thing go in like, you know, 15 different directions at once. Oh, wicked. That must've been so satisfying to watch. Yeah. And it was at that point, I think that we knew, right, this is, this is a bigger thing. So, you know, basically from that point onwards, we, we've, we've then been on the process of trying to make, stable you know repeatable manufacturable kind of gloves and that's been a long long journey with a lot of kind of ups and downs it's been it's been a difficult thing to achieve and when was the berlin expo then 
that was 2013. Okay, right, yeah. right, right. Um, and you know, subsequent to that, we we went off. We decided, okay, well, the best way to 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 kind of do this is like like all small projects, like oh, we'll do, we'll do a Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, in in retrospect, that was so the Kickstarter. We didn't do terribly, but we didn't we didn't meet our goal. But our not meeting our goal. So goal was like two hundred thousand, I think, and we 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 got one hundred and thirty. But I think we saved it saved us from ourselves as what we were promising to do at that time. We we I really don't think we could have delivered it. We could do it now, but this is like six years later. Delivering any piece of hardware for two hundred k is no yeah. joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but. After after the we didn't re reach that goal, a few of those people stuck around and said, "Look, we really want to do this," and they 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 backed us like actually a bit more than they initially pledged, and we we delivered to about ending up about twenty people in the beginning, and we delivered that it was like the first kind of commercial version of the gloves at like end of twenty fourteen. Sure. So okay. um, we then basically have had really started to see people using this. We did another. I think we got to about fifty fifty users at that point. Uh, up by, to, by about 2016 and then we really realized that making these gloves is um just too difficult to do in the way that we were doing then so every single textile was you know handmade by you know hand hand stitched by our kind of textile designer um everything was kind of done by hand and it was just it was it was unworkable and, and kind of unscalable so uh we've then basically since 2016 been on this journey to create um a new version of the gloves which we we did and finally kind of released last year amazing so that so now you've transitioned over to mass production what what's the kind of production numbers that you're looking at yeah moment? so we're, we're it's 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 we're, i think we're sort of in an in-between space so so what we'd quite like we'd like to be in a space where it's like we press a button and then the machine just like produces one it's, it's definitely nowhere near that um but what the, the gloves are kind of a suite of different objects so you've got textile you've got the electronics which sits inside the textile you've got um, a case which sits on the wrist, which does all the kind of integration of all the electronics and sends everything over over Wi-Fi. There's um, you know several other components to it too. Each of those objects is basically independently kind of designed and manufactured, and then then we we do, we do the assembly. Um, some of them are so we've we've we got a grant from the European Union uh, to create like a sustainable manufacturing process. Oh, cool! All right. So we we spent um, best part of a year basically working on. Um, a way to kind of you know develop the textile in a way that that was sustainable. So we've got sort of the gloves made of fifty percent recycled fabrics, and they're, they're kind of made now in Leicester by a really great company called So Systems. Okay. And um, yeah, so we've we've got we've got that that that's that's been done. We've redesigned a lot of the other aspects of the gloves, and it, like um, really kind of got to a point where now we can do them in. We can do them in the kind of hundreds at a time rather than sort of, you know, five to ten. Mm -hmm. um, but we're still, I think, maybe two or three years away from the point when, when we're going we're gonna to be able to do this in a way where it's actually genuinely going to be cheap, you know. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that in mind, uh, if I were to go online right now, what, how much would I have yeah. to pay for a pair of these gloves? So at the moment, the, the gloves cost two and a half thousand pounds a pair uh -huh. um, or half that for a single glove. Um, I mean, it's that's at the high end of high high end music gear i think that's probably the best way to put it so mm -hmm. it's still sure. still expensive and and you know i would i would find that challenging to afford mm -hmm. but it's at the at the moment that's where we are and we we know it's basically for all the musicians who are buying 
gloves at the moment that it's an investment for them. Mm. It's an investment in their careers. They're, they're, just, they're understanding that this is a way for them to kind of put, put a new kind of um, aesthetic onto their onto their uh, music that, you know, they can't really get in any other way. And um, we really want to get to the point, maybe two, three, four years down the line, when we, we can do this at a price that people could not think that much about, you know, in terms of maybe they save up for it for a month or two and mm. or whatever. But but at the moment, it's it's um, it's still quite pricey. Sure. And I, that's really interesting. So I understand, obviously, yep, still it's a um, kind of big ticket item at the moment. So you kind of have to be a successful musician really if you're going to be um, affording one of them um have you do you guys kind of monitor the uh the orders box and kind of look for the emails and see if you recognize anyone we like, do. Oh, I mean, wow this is going to be a good one we can't wait for this, well, because, uh, this person to use it because people it's not an impulse buy for anybody sure yeah um and and so we we very rarely see orders appear that aren't we haven't been talking to those people already um, so we're quite often talking to people about how they want to use it. And so it's not, it's, there's not normally a, much of a surprise it does happen, Got you. Some, yeah, yeah. but, 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 um, yeah, you know, each of, each of these different artists comes in with their different, different perspectives and it's sometimes they're a mystery, but, but quite often, you know, we'll see someone like, yeah, they're going to be really great. There's, there's someone at the moment I haven't, um, he's, he's not released anything with them yet, but I've, he's got, he's a, he's, he's a dancer as well. And he's also just got this like amazing body confidence and um he's yeah, he's he's also an amazing programmer and he's just I know what he's gonna do is gonna be amazing. But mm -hmm. uh, that's cool. Can I ask about collaboration? Um is this does this have a facility at the moment for let's say two people each with their own pair of gloves or each with their own glove? Are they able to collaborate and create something? Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah. the software basically can I think the most we've had at once is three pets of gloves. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but I mean, there's no actual limit to that. So the 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 gloves basically are wireless devices in the same way yeah. your laptop is. And there's there's a router and each of them just get an IP address from the router. And you can probably have as many gloves as, as kind of, uh, as IP addresses can be kind of given out by the router, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so cool. yeah, basically, um, but in, in the software, we allow for people to have as many of, as they want. Um, it's the one kind of pro possible limit to that is that when you're chucking a lot of like data about in on the wife in the wireless space, it's going to get a bit congested at, at some yeah. point. Not we haven't reached that limit yet in terms of number of gloves, but um, yeah, we should probably try and do that soon in some sort of massive glove orchestra. Yeah, I was just thinking about um, yeah, wow. a glove orchestra or or even like a club night where the people attending that I know club nights are normally your thing, Kwaku, <laughs> but where where like people attending are creating the music as they're there, like with other people. That yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. really cool. I was actually thinking about like um, a, a sort of form of like musical competition where a complete um, stranger has programmed one of the gloves right already and then two musician, musicians are given the same glove in 10 minutes to create a piece of music and they've got to kind of explore how this particular device has been programmed and then mm -hmm. right here we go like off you pop Who's, who can do the best in 10 minutes like, it's like the new like battle really like yeah 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 <laughs> like exactly music battle yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay so talk, talk to me about um you know the the vision moving forward so if if at the moment it's something which um, is is more of a kind of like you say it's um, a, a thought out purchase and, and and something that 
successful musicians um, will invest in. What's the, what does the future look like? I'm like immediately envisaging this in like music classrooms and things like that. Could you talk a little bit about like that? Sure. So for us, so I think one, one thing I maybe haven't emphasized enough, which is that the, the glove itself is kind of, I mean, it's a very cool object, but it's, it's kind of a stupid object <laughs> in, in, in the sense that it basically does a lot of measuring of, of movement and then it just kind of forwards that on. And so, so the software itself is actually a really powerful component of, of music making in this. So, so what that actually lets you do is, is to compose um, music using gesture. So this is to say, I've got this gesture and I want to connect this to this type of sound control. Now, as it turns out, um, I think gloves are probably the kind of coolest way to do that. Um, but we can actually replace the gesture control input with other things. So we've we've started supporting other gesture inputs in our software itself. So we have, there's the Leap Motion, which is a third party infrared hand tracking control. Uh, we've created a smartphone app, which exposes all the sensors on your phone. We've got uh, other things like the BBC Microbit, which is like, um, it's a kid's computer that the, the um, uh, kids can use to learn to program, but it also lets you stream kind of sensor data over Bluetooth. So all of these different inputs, and we've got a few others as well, can then be used to make music in different ways. So you actually expose all kinds of different sensor and gesture control to music making. And so as new sensors and, and uh, gesture control devices kind of come on the market, we're, we're basically supporting them and we're building our software as the kind of hub for uh, music making through gesture. So the gloves are just like the beginning, the first step on that kind of longer journey. So if you took the phone example, um, so you're saying that you, rather than creating different shapes with your hand, you could sort of move your phone in different ways and different angles and that could do, that could have a sort of similar effect. Yeah. And we've also kind of replicated the kind of posture control via um, interactions with the screen in different, in different ways. So you can, your, your hands interactions with the screen can kind of replicate, um, yeah, different postures in the same way that happens in the gloves, if that makes sense. Wow. Is it, yeah. So outside the glove, what, what? It, what are you really excited about in that space? What are you excited to sort of see interacting with the software? So, I mean, uh, we, the, uh, I mean, it's worth saying, I, I actually, like when I perform um, on stage, I use not the gloves. I use, I use um, this other controller, the Leap Motion controller, because I'm a guitarist. And um, so I put it on a keyboard, so I also have that. And I basically can move from guitar into this like infrared controller, which is a camera, and then back again. Uh, to guitar really easily in a way that it's not, I have done it with the gloves as well, but it's just kind of a bit, it's a bit more difficult to move between the two things. I mean, there's loads of limitations of this little controller. It's nowhere near as powerful. It's kind of, you're rooted to a spot and that kind of thing. It suffers from like stage light has interference with it, you know, but, um, but I, I found it a really nice kind of thing to kind of have as an easy way to go and use, you know, do some of this gesture control stuff and to, to kind of stick with my current setup as well. Cool. Well, what does that look like? Is that just like a, a, a device with, with like a beam of light that you're putting your hand through? Or? Yeah, so it's tiny. It's a tiny little thing. It's about, you know, 10 centimeters by like three centimeters long or something like that. It's a beam of infrared light, which uh -huh. you can't see. Um, and it's two cameras. And the two cameras basically are, um, you know, working out depth perception in, in, in 3D space. So they're both sure. working out where everything is and they've got some algorithms which are tracking um you know the your position of your fingers and we've built then our our kind of machine learning and kind of mapping framework on top of that so that so that people can use use that in the same way that they use the gloves 
Okay, Ooh. interesting. If you were, sorry, if you were um, just uh, playing the guitar and using um, the sensor at the same time, what would that sound like? What would you be able to do? Yeah, I mean, so it depends if, um, depends how, how you'd want to map it. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually not combined that sensor with, with the guitar, but I've combined the gloves with the guitar. So I've used the, um, the gloves as a way to, so you can play a chord and then you can bring your hand up and actually use that, bringing your hand up as kind of the volume of the overall guitar. So when you actually play a chord, there's nothing. And then as you bring your hand up, it, the guitar kind of swells. And then, then you can make gestures on top and then you can apply effects. So that I've had like pitch bend on top or, or bringing in like reverbs and delays and that kind of thing. So it's like a really cool guitar processor. And the infrared sensor could do something similar, but without the gloves. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, could, you could do that in the same way. I love the idea of thinking of sound as like a physical thing that you can manipulate. I know that's not technically what you're doing, but it's 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 just it's totally the cognitive experience. Yeah, right? yeah. it's really so. interesting. Um, can you tell us the story about? Obviously, you've got quite a lot of users who are using this to perform professionally. Is there a particular story of a user that's like really sort of motivates you in terms of this product like have you found somebody who's used it in a really interesting way or it's changed the way they perform for some reason so i mean there's 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 oh, there's so, so many people <laughs> um, it's hard to pick i mean that there's um you know she's a great friend of mine um, um Chagall, it's just like she's taken the gloves and really just sort of run with them in such a mm. um incredible way i mean she's taken them and um you know, really kind of, um, she, she's, she's got fantastic aptitude with them. So she's just, she's got great imagination in terms of gestures, but also she, the, the way she's taking this and added it to all the visual control. Mm -hmm. So she's got the visual projections behind her when she's also basically controlling simultaneously like sound effects and these visual projections behind her. So that's, that's got this fantastic kind of, uh, you know, sort of multiple multiple things going on that just make makes it super exciting to work. And how has that changed her performance style from before having the gloves? Yeah, I mean I I so she came in and she kind of like started using the gloves so much when I first met her that I didn't I didn't not she's basically like since she since she got the gloves she's like it's become central to her right. to her so work it's as defined an artist. Her, yeah. her art. Yeah, I wouldn't say defined I'd well, say like it's become it's, like it's a, been a it's been it's, a it's become like piece. a yeah, it's been a big piece of it. Uh, I'm interested in the level of movement that the gloves can pick up on. So, you know, we're we talking like a quarter of a flex of one finger is going to be a change in sounds or could you, is that like amplitude? Is a hand wave uh, a specific set of features that the, the software is going to pick up on? Could you elaborate on that a little bit? So, yeah, so each, you've got fine grain, fine grain measurement of each finger. So you've got... Um, you know, uh, we've actually got eight sensors across the, the the gloves. So you've got one on the thumb, one on the pinky, and two each on the on the longer fingers. Sure. Um, so on the longer fingers, we're measuring, you know, the, the knuckle, I guess the knuckle where, where the main body of your hand meets the fingers, and then also the other knuckle kind of further down, uh, down, down your fingers. And um, so we're, we're measuring the, that, that, that bend. And we've got fine grain control um, of each of those um, kind of movements. And... Then, then the kind of, but the, those, those only, they, they give you the, the most powerful thing they give you is the, is the gesture. So being able to, well, a posture. So to, to be able to make like a fist or an open hand and this kind of, it's, it's not the individual finger movements really. Ah, okay. It's, it's so, the, so, so the, uh, the algorithm could pick up on whether I am like flexing my, uh, pinky finger and ring finger so they yeah. could figure out like 
the the, the gun sign, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly okay, that. cool. Okay, interesting. And and um, if you have two gloves, can it interpret the sign between the two? So if I put one hand on top of the other and make a T sign, would it pick up on that, or is it? Are they both independent? So the, they are independent, but you, what you can do is you can say, well, um, I want to combine two different, uh, like a, a posture on one hand and a posture on another one, and that would make a compound yeah. kind of gesture. And you can cool. actually do, you can, you could, you can build up kind of layers of things. So you could say, well, I need to make a fist, and and this one, my right hand is making a fist and pointing up, but my left hand is I'm going to make this pinch gesture, and then I'm going to kind of roll my hand out to the side, and and all of that becomes quite clunky at the beginning, but after a while it just becomes muscle memory. Sure, so you yeah. can build complex controls. Uh, yeah, uh, what about like if you wanted to? So I'm thinking of like um, like the composition of a beat. Could you have you know if you're pointing your right fist upwards? then the sound that your the sign with your left hand makes is repeated so you know it's, it, it goes like that or yeah, yeah i mean it's pretty pretty much because because it's, it's it's really kind of an open platform like anything you can kind of think of is, is is pretty much possible so you can say right you know if you've got that sort of effect and you want to map it into um some some piece of music software that that can that can do this sort of beat repeat effect and that's that's totally totally possible and and that that by making it open we've kind of I, I think allowed artists to kind of project their own ideas onto it and that 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 gives it the interest as a platform rather than yeah pre a predefined set of music controls definitely yeah. what, what kind of level of um uh like musical acumen do you, do you need to be able to use this at the moment the software specifically so it, there's there's a little bit of learning um but we've had we've had people who you know never really use midi in their life and they've just they, they they need to they need to get to grips with it a little bit and we've made some videos that kind of i think make it quite easy but but um yeah people have come from you know no no knowledge at all about that kind of thing to like hackers and all kinds of stuff and they all seem to get on with it pretty well and we don't really have to give people that much user support to be honest so um unless they're all absolutely hating it but i don't think that's <laughs> the case but we don't we don't hear, hear too much from people about the issues they're having and, and um you know we 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 try and help people where, where we can and you know yeah it, it, I, I think that it's a fairly easy uh ride for people to pick up cool so it, one of the the things the gloves are enabling is this greater sort of unification between performance and the music and so i guess i wonder do you think that with live performances being so important to the economics of music and how artists make money now do you see the gloves playing an important role in that and helping people you know improve might be the wrong word but kind of innovate their performances and attract more people yeah i mean i i think i think my my, my reflection a little bit has been that i think what attracts people to the gloves isn't necessarily technology or or even you know control or anything like this i think it's that i think people want to find new corners that they can innovating and, and and um particularly around performance in electronic music there aren't really that many i mean people the the controllers basically that are being produced by the people that some of them are great but they're more like how many big bright leds can we put on this thing mm -hmm. and and that's not that's not really like exploring the ways in which artists are creating music so i think i think what we've kind of stumbled upon is is something that allows artists to 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 as you say innovate but in in performance particularly but also in the studio and that kind of thing but particularly like it 
it communicates to other people what you what they're doing and, and so what you lose is this sense of um disconnect where you have an electronic musician looking down at a computer looking a lot like they're kind of checking their emails when they should be performing on stage and yeah. and and they can go back to to being you know a musician and 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 you know looking up at the audience physically you know performing their music and and people people love watching that so it's a way for them to just demonstrate their skill but also giving them the freedom to connect with their audience in a yeah. way that they maybe couldn't if they're hiding behind. Yeah, uh, it's getting out from behind all the gear, yeah, and, the gear. And, and connecting to an audience. Yeah. And I'm gonna always give the example like, um, that, you know, I, whenever I go and watch bands, I always, I'm just always fixated on the drummer because you've got <laughs> someone who's like physically using their whole body to, yeah. right. to perform. Uh, and that's just like so great to watch. And then you go and see electronic music performed and it's like, someone's there and they're normally like making a, a massive meal out of turning a, like, something <laughs> yeah. and, and, a knob up and down and um so so yeah what we're trying to do is really bring bring what the drummer does when they perform to electronic music i guess yeah have you looked into so you mentioned you know tying different kinds of gestures into kind of music creation and I guess manipulation have you looked at sort of tying gesture into other um kinds of outputs because i've seen the gloves it reminds me a lot of minority report the sort of mm -hmm. famous scene yeah. where tom cruise's character is manipulating sort of memories and images is that something that you're exploring too yeah so so um there's there's quite a few different kind of other worlds that, that i mean the one that gets mentioned to us a lot that we haven't really looked into that much is virtual reality mm. um so this is yeah you know, you're in a vr space and you want to be able to pick up an object you know so you need this ability to track the hands in an accurate way this is i think actually quite a busy space with um quite a few people building gesture control devices you know i i, I we might get involved in that but at the moment like i'm i'm we're pretty fixated on music something that has been interesting we're, we're working with um uh somebody at the moment whose daughter is non-verbal so we're using the gloves to try and output speech so this is a, helping her daughter to communicate. So she's able to use different gestures to um, to produce words and then that actually allows her to communicate. Now, wow. this is a really, really kind of early early stage project. It's worth saying here that there's, there's um, a long history of people trying to build um, gloves for, for the deaf community. And, and quite honestly, they've been mostly like, uh rejected because those projects haven't really included the their sort of the kind of deaf, the deaf community as stakeholders in the design of trying to do that sure, yeah. there's other problems like um american sign language and british sign language are are not just they're not just simple mappings from a, a, a gesture to a word they also include sort of facial expressions for context and all kinds of other things so right. so it's not that 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 whole idea doesn't really work but what we've been doing is working with um uh, it's a fantastic woman called Angie and, and um, she's come up with a, a new way basically to um, to she come with, it's something called voice sign and she's mapping um, it maps a single gesture to a single word so it's almost a new new kind of uh, way of signing to communicate and that does allow us to build on top of it this communication framework and so it's really early days of this project but it's but it's been super exciting and we've built a speech synthesizer inside our into our software so you can just map gestures directly to the speech wow so it would be, be a new vocabulary of sign language effectively to, to make this happen 
Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, I think, um, I mean, I'm stepping slightly outside of my, 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 yeah. my, my, my knowledge here and, and kind of lived experience, but, but, um, this is, this is something that Angie's been kind of feeding into us about how, like how, how we have to approach this problem and how this can be useful and, um, and how we can avoid the kind of pitfalls that other projects have tried to do that I think, I think haven't really included the stakeholders in them when, when, when they've been uh, building things. Sounds almost like a little bit of an Esperanto, but for um, like signing where yeah, you're taking yeah. little bits of um, different languages um, and sort of things that have come before and trying to build like a universal, well, I mean, I know Esperanto didn't really work that way in the end, but yeah, like a universal. None of us are fluent in that, right? <laughs> I, I do actually know some people who are weirdly, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds kind of like that, which is a cool, a cool project. I yeah, think. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think the relationship is between, I, I say the, music, the musician community sounds like the wrong word, it's so broad, but how do you think generally musicians are embracing new forms of technology to enhance and augment their art? I mean, th th this is really, it's a good question. I think musicians are brilliant at taking new technology and breaking it. Um, and 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 then that then discovering new forms of art that way. So this is true when when people were given guitar amplifiers and they they overdrive overdrive them. They created kind of hard rock sounds and punk sounds. Uh, we had kind of turntables and scratching. You've had auto tune where people created you know sometimes good, sometimes just way too much. But you know, <laughs> yeah. pe people tend to take music technology and misuse it, and then that's that's when they come up with art. Mm. And um, that's that's always been a really interesting kind of cultural trend, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think we've tried to kind of co-opt that kind of misuse, I guess, into our thing by allowing people to kind of make it their own. But um, yeah, um, other people kind of, I'm sure, are going to kind of do things with that we've never seen or even anticipated before. Yeah. Um, with what we've what we've built. So bro broadly, I think. Uh, musical innovation and technological innovation they're not the same thing but they are very closely coupled yeah and but not necessarily in the way that you'd expect it's not i don't think technology drives musical innovation i think musicians respond sometimes erratically and um um you know counterintuitively to technical innovation so. it's got a beautiful idea of creative destruction I'm yeah a big fan of that. but are you do you think that the gloves are so it sounds like there's so much flexibility built into the gloves that are they sort of possible to destroy in the same way? Oh, I hope somebody does destroy it. You know, I mean, <laughs> they, yeah. I mean, like the the you know we've we've tried to allow to allow people to to have enough scope that they would you know never feel the need to to do something uh, different with it. But you know that's something that that um, that I think we'll see over time. One thing that we are going to be doing is we're going to be releasing a sort of open source DIY version of the gloves so people actually build it. They can hack it. They can put sensors in other places on their bodies and they could that'll give them the chance to kind of actually, you know, the kind of really kind of the kind of people who love soldering and, and you know, that kind yeah. of stuff um, to kind of build their own thing and kind of go wherever they want with it if they want to measure other aspects of their, of their body movement. So. Is there like an increasing overlap between the people who like the soldering and the programming and kind of composition? Because it seems like there's there are lots of similarities in terms of like the discipline and the concentration and the creativity involved. There's, I think, I think there's this. I've sort of never thought this kind of like well, there are the technical people and then there are the creative people, and you know, I think there's this quite wide spectrum. And like some people sit at either ends of those, where they're like, oh, I just exist in this world, 
but but I think there's a kind of spectrum here and I'm trying not to fall into I saw I saw some it was a sort of mocking thing it was like some of your average sort of Shoreditch hipster mm. beard thing saying you know my work exists at the interaction intersection of art and technology but I'm trying not to fall into that but I think I think that, that actually most people sit somewhere along this kind of continuum I think what you were saying to me yesterday Quaker I think that developers technologists are artists yeah I, I, I'm I've thought this for a while. I think that um, particularly with software development, you're talking about a, a, a sort of relatively new form of creativity that's been, um, the, the people who have been allowed to express themselves with is just so happens that these creatives sit in offices behind computers, but actually the way that they regard their work is often uh, more in the manner that you'd see an artist um, relate to their artwork. And actually I think, or at least from my experience, um, you see that a lot of the same kind of character traits are the, the are similar or the same. You know, you get perfect, you get perfectionists. There are egos there. Um, they're also can be quite kind of like insular when they're working on something and need to just kind of be left alone to do their own thing, which can come into conflict when you're in like an environment where either you need to be a CTO or a senior developer or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a, a form of creativity, a new canvas, if you will. Yeah, I, I think we're not a stranger to other, other, in other, other creative fields. It's to sort of turn the question on its head. Like we would never say that the other creative fields have no technical skill. You know, there's not a technical skill behind sculpture or something. It's like it's all just like creativity and like <laughs> an intention. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that. Oh, it, all of these things are, are a kind of mixture of like technical. Um, skill that's really highly honed and and this this kind of creativity and i think software development falls exactly into those into that world absolutely adam thank you very much for coming on the show yeah, yeah thanks for having me yeah it's a real real privilege um you know you know best luck with everything it sounds like there's some really really cool developments um so we mentioned a few places that people can go to follow what's going on with me with gloves uh where else can people go should people follow you on twitter instagram yeah so uh, twitter instagram Facebook, if just search for Mimi Gloves um, and or go to mimigloves.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much again. Thanks. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. I don't know about you guys, but throughout that conversation, all I could think about was getting my hands on one of those gloves. That's just, it sounds so, no so much intended. fun. Um, I, I feel like it, it makes me want to get back into dance again because I haven't done dance mm. in forever. But there's something just really attractive about the idea of movement and now you can add sound to it. Like that just sounds really cool. And just the fact that he's effectively, like I said in the interview, he's like they, they've been working on choreographing music. It's so cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And um, yeah, you can just imagine like lots of different artists are going to get a hold of this and do all sorts of like weird and wacky stuff with it. And I think like one of the things that he was talking about there about breaking um, musical technology, that's such an awesome like thought to kind of stick with. I think that somebody's going to get hold of these things and, and do something absolutely bizarre with them. So yeah, looking forward to seeing these pop up on a stage at some point. And I'm really hoping some MCs get a hold of it as well. Cause I think like mm. the, um, the gestures, if you, if you put um, like words against them, if you put lyrics against them, like that, you could, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. So I hope that somebody, some uh, UK grime MCs get a hold of that. That'd be sick.
so as promised, we're going to find out Kwaku's uh, house in Harry Potter. So what we're going to do is going to turn the mics off, do the test on wizardingworld.com, and uh, we'll be back in a second with the results. Shocking developments on what comes next. Wow. I'm absolutely livid. We have just discovered the Kwaku. I didn't Kwaku. care about this. <laughs> because I thought I had it in the bag. I thought like, of course, this is like, this is going to be a Gryffindor flex all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so we've just discovered that according to the sorting hat on Pottermore or wizardingworld.com, the Quaker is a Hufflepuff. Oh, oh no. I take it back. So, I'm really sorry about what I apologize for calling you a Slytherin. Man, but both of those were praise in uh, in retrospect. Do you do you want to know do you want to know the, the spiel about Hufflepuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm okay. So at least dedication, patience, and loyalty are the key qualities you have all so that, Dedication, patience, <laughs> and loyalty. Nailed it. Jesus Christ. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of What Comes Next. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. We're trying to get the word out about the show, so if you have time, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. If you have any questions about what we've discussed on this episode or would like to talk about your own technology on the podcast, then drop us an email. We're at wcn at grantree.co.uk. Thank you very much again. See you next time.